Welcome to Pushing Through. My name is Tate Frazier, and it is Tuesday, February 18th. And after a long all-star weekend in the city of Chicago, I am sitting across again from BJ Armstrong. BJ, how you doing? I'm doing great. LA has never looked better. I'm glad to be back home. It was cold in Chicago. We had a great time. We had some great guests. And uh, But it's good to be back home in LA. We landed. Uh, we took the red eye on Thursday night. You, oh. you went earlier in the week, but uh, myself and Midas, our producer here, we took the red eye Thursday Ooh. night. We landed in Chicago Friday morning, and I went from 71 degrees to one degree. <laughs> and, I, and I just want to point that out again. Not degrees. One degree. degree. And I was not ready for that. I was not prepared. It was very chilly. But we kind of want to do on this podcast today, we know inside the NBA and people want to get right. the inside access. We want to do inside the NBA All-Star experience, uh, courtesy of you and I, and courtesy of Mitchell and Ness, because you and I yes. and Midas were all there uh, on behalf of Mitchell and Ness. We were you know, all over the place inside the pop-up store on State Street. And right. uh, first, let's talk about our first interviews that we did, which was at the Retired Players Association, which you were informally a part of, right, BJ? Or are you officially? I am a part. I'm officially <laughs> okay. a part of. Okay. I am officially here. I always have supported them and... Um, I think Johnny Davis now is the new yes. leader of, of, of the RPA. The, yeah, the, the play, retired player. So I am officially a part of it. I pay my dues. Well, let me tell you, uh, when you walked into that room, we were in a ballroom. We were at the Sheraton in, in Chicago, and we walk into that room, and the eyes turn. The eyes light up. People start looking at BJ. They're like, oh, oh there he is, the yeah, kid. He's back stop. in Chicago. I mean, it, w- it was a great moment to see. And uh, we had a great uh, lineup of guests. But first, I want to talk with an old coach. Uh, an, old, an old player for the Celtics, an MVP in 1973, right. a guy in 1971 that was a rookie of the year, and a guy that might be one of the funniest people in the world until I, until we yeah. talk to Dominique Wilkins, but we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. Dave Cowens. <laughs> Can we talk about Coach Cowens? Because, boy, yeah, is he hilarious. He, he, he really is. He's, you know, he was, he's one of my favorites. He was one of my dad's favorite players, and uh, when I got a chance to play for him in Charlotte, it was great. It, he really was. He, he just had one-liners. He was a terrific coach. He was a you know incredible player, and uh, I'm really I feel you know very fortunate to have the opportunity to play with him. And you can see he has a great personality, and I can't wait to get him back on the podcast and begin working with the retired players association and, and the people there because you know there's so many great people. We you know they just don't have a platform to be able to see their personality. And for those who haven't seen and you know, hopefully soon we'll be able to put this podcast out he is pretty funny himself dave collins is a he's a funny character yeah he was uh, telling stories about his time with the charlotte hornets of course you were there and i think my favorite you know story behind that was he, he brought up the fact that there was a man by the name of master p that was in training camp and, and he said he said he walked up to him that first day and he said look i can't call you master personal <laughs> you gotta let him tell this story i mean <laughs> I mean, that was, uh, you know what would be great? If we could get Coach Collins and Master P mm. in the same room to let them tell the story. That would be hilarious because I was there to witness it. And it was, it's, it was, it's one of the great, it's one of the greatest stories I've seen. Right. And, uh, 
But he was funny what he said there, Coach Collins. He yeah, had a funny story about that. Of course, and there's a million stories that come out of this weekend. And, I, and one of the things I want to focus on as we were at the RPA, as we're looking around this room, there, there's a select group of media that are there, you know, the, the guys who are the ones that get the access to these former players. And, you know, you look around the room, you may see, you know, names that you're like, wow, I can't believe Sam Perkins is in the room. You know, right. I can't believe that, like you said, Coach Collins is wandering around this room. You know, we, right. we saw Sean Marion walking around the room, even though he didn't have time to talk to us. But we, we got a nice chance to catch up with him but as a former player yourself having this fraternal moment with people and those players what what kind of comes up and conjures up because it just seems like every time someone runs into someone else a story comes out of the situation whatever it yeah. may be and charles oakley is usually at the center of that story. yeah yeah you know it's it's always you know it's always funny to see you know players and guys that you play with played against you know, you know, it's always funny when you see former Pistons. You know, mm -hmm. for us, that was a big rivalry when I played there in Chicago. You know, Tim Hardaway and I was in the same draft. Mm -hmm. I remember we graduated high school together. You see guys like Rod Strickland. And then you'll see your heroes, right? You know, like, wow, I remember, you know, like you saw Bill Russell. And you're like, mm -hmm. you know, that's Bill Russell. You know, for me, Dr. J was like, that's the doctor, you mm -hmm. know? So every time I see those guys, it just bring, brings me back to my own childhood. And every player in every generation has that. And uh, it's always weird when I see the reaction for other players or younger players or younger fans about, because I don't, I, don't, I don't view myself in that way, but I understand it because every time I'm with Dr. J, I'm like, that's the doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And I start rocking the cradle and doing things. <laughs> and like, I mean, I remember that, right? Like you know, I can re I vividly remember, you know, when he did that dunk, right? or you know, I remember as a young kid in 1979 watching Magic Johnson play in the finals mm -hmm. as a rookie, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, in in having the idea of like, oh, I could be a center too. You know, Magic did it. Like, mm -hmm. why couldn't I do it, you know? And so, you know, seeing Kareem in the sky hook, you know, mm -hmm. that was, so having those players and seeing those players always takes me back to my childhood now that I have kids myself and I know how important that is. and. They certainly made a big impact on me as a, as a young child. And um, you want to have that respect because it's always funny when people say, hey, I remember you. I grew up watching you play. It's always the funniest thing to me because I never think of myself in that in that way. But I understand it. And one of those people that told that story, we were, of course, in Chicago. And Cappy Pondexter is yes. a star in the city of she's Chicago. A star, but she's a star of stars. Yeah, she, yeah, she's, she's everywhere. Everyone wanted right. to see Cappy. And we were standing. We we're at the Mitchell Ness pop-up shop. We were going to have her come on the podcast for Mitchell Ness. And a, a fan walks by us. And they go, you see Cappy's upstairs? And, and then telling his friend about that. He's like, Cappy will put 50 on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's real talk. And that's real talk. So we were uh, excited to have that moment. But Cappy, when we were talking with her, she said, you know, she looked up, she remembered, you know, being on the west side of Chicago right. and you and Scotty would go get your haircut close right. to where she had school. She would see you guys go get your haircut. And it was an experience for her being in Chicago. Right. And so uh, just being in Chicago and having those people come up to you and share those experiences. What was it like? Obviously, you said it's weird to have that. But for someone of Cappy's ilk to have that moment, it is pretty cool. Well, yeah, you know, the, the, the one thing that I've learned from from when I was playing and before and I watched those guys and then the guys today is, you know, as Cappy was saying that story, when I grew up and when I was playing, you know, there was no way for a player to have really an interaction with a fan mm -hmm. because there was no social media, mm -hmm. right? If you saw a player, you know, you was like, oh, wow, that's the guy that was on my television. The thing today is 
you can tweet at somebody right now and that, and what if that person responds back so you're very accessible today and you never know who you're influencing or who's looking up to you who's seen you know like i'm just trying to get my hair cut like everybody right mm -hmm. so i'm going there and then she still can recall that now as an adult today's athlete you can tweet at your favorite star player and that player could respond back to you so now the connection is you're not as far removed mm -hmm. as you were let's say 20 years ago and to me i don't know if that's good or bad but it's I couldn't imagine talking to Dr. J as a kid. That's why he was such this mythical figure to me. I don't know what I would have done if, when I was 12, 13 years of age and Dr. J showed up at my house or Dr. J, I was able to have some level of communication with him. So I just think today it's, it's just a different time. And with that comes an enormous responsibility. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know, I think we're just kind of all learning of what that responsibility is because never in a million years could I imagine talking to, to my heroes. One to one. one. That was like, I couldn't even, you know, imagine. And then all of a sudden for her, I didn't know that I was making an impact on it. I was just, hey, I was probably running late, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I always do, you guys always know. And then uh, just ready to get my hair cut. You know, so people won't you know talk about my fade on television. You know, when we're I playing, feel that. that's, you know that's what, what I, mean? I deal with every day at Fox Sports. But you see what you were, the impact that you have. You saw a person like all of a sudden she was like, "Oh wow, I I saw this." They came to my neighborhood. That mm -hmm. make that gives you pride, and you could mm -hmm. see the one thing about this week that was great was you saw the pride the city of Chicago had about hosting, mm -hmm. hosting the All Star Game. You know, one of my favorite interviews was with Tim Hardaway. Cause he embodies from the shot. He like from the, Tim. yeah, yeah. I mean, he embodies Chicago. <laughs> you know, he is Chicago because they take so much pride about the city of Chicago, the style of play. You know, everyone talks about being tough, and that's what Chicago is all about. So, um, you know, it's just great to be back and to really get an opportunity to mix and mingle with some of you know some of your contemporaries but more importantly you see the people that looked up to you as well and um, some of the people that i looked up to when i was a young kid so it's always great to be back it's always funny too to see like what players it kind of strikes a chord with them where they have that moment like you said with your dr j moment we, right. we talked to dominique wilkins late at night and he said that in his time if artist gilmore were to walk into the, the locker room right. you just would see it i mean everyone just kind of has that the butterflies in their stomach right. because like right. there's artist gilmore i mean that that's a big thing and i, I remember when i was growing up it was like that with mj a little bit like in the early 2000s like at the 2003 all-star game when mj was there you could see ai and kobe and garnett and all these guys they had this certain you know it's like you're looking at a mythical feature that that, right. that respect is there in the room and i think the coolest part of chicago i saw this week was that the chicago legends had that same sort of sentiment there was there was a reverence for them like if you brought up the name craig, craig hodges you would see someone kind of be like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah, Craig yeah, Hodges, you know? Yeah, right. Or if they brought up, you know, a B.J. Armstrong, they brought up Scotty. There was all these people that wanted to focus in on those great years with the Bulls and have that reverence for that team. And, you know, we're about 20 years away from that time, so it feels right. like this would be the period that it happens, and it was cool that we were in Chicago for that. Yeah, it, it was, and uh, I had a chance to see Craig Hodges, and shout out to Craig. He, <laughs> he was one of my favorite. He, he you know, like – there's certain people that just made had impacts on you and Craig was one of he was just he was a great teammate and um 
good guy. And I saw all those guys here. You saw, you know, Ron Harper. I saw, you know, <laughs> Horace Grant. I don't know what Horace was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Scotty, of course. Bugsy Bogues. Bugsy, was around, you know. Glenn uh, Robinson. Glenn, of course. You know, you saw, I saw MJ uh, while I was there in uh, Chicago. So, you know, it was good. It's good to be back to see those guys. I don't see them as, as much as I would like to. And, you know, we all have families and business and things. We're going living all over the country. But it's good to see back, you know, fall back. And then, you know, you run into your friends, Dominique, you know, mm. and then it's just one story after another. I, we, yeah. we can never tell anything oh. that Dominique Wilkins talked about that <laughs> evening. But I should point out that if you've ever thought that maybe like Michael Jordan, like there's the big debate, right? The last time we were right. in Chicago was Dominique Wilkins versus Michael Jordan. It was in the dunk contest. And a lot of people in North Carolina, there was a split opinion about, you know, who's our guy? Because Dominique left and he went to Georgia. Right. North Carolina's own son, of course, is Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan, you know, there, there's been some, you know, back and forth with him with losing the franchise and the horn. Uh, there's all types of layers right. to all this. But anyways, I learned that night just being around Dominique Wilkins for however many, however many hours, he is the greatest of all time. He, In his words, he works on his game on and off of the court all the time. <laughs> you know, Dominique is... We can't, we can't say much more than that, but I, I, learned, you know, I learned that night. You know, I've been wrong. Okay, but you know what was funny <laughs> about that conversation with Dominique, right? Is And it's great because, what are you, 26? 26, Okay, yeah. you're 26. And when I got up from that conversation. I went upstairs and I told my wife, I said, you know, she was like, where, 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 where you been? I was like, ah, I was just there with some friends. And I was like, it's, it's been a long time where I just sat down for three or four hours and just had a conversation minus the phone. A hundred percent. Me, same like, here. Yes. You're 26 and you know exactly what I mean by that. How, when the last time you sat down that, that long and you were just laughing and we all had our phones, but the phone wasn't the center of the entertainment. I was getting text messages to make sure I was alive. You know, my yeah, mother yeah, was yeah. worried about me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm, Dominique is holding you know, court. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, and, and I told Neek the next night when I saw him <laughs> Sunday night, I saw him, uh, and I was like, you know what? I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate it because that's what we used to do. Mm -hmm. When we were all playing, you would sit down and you would actually talk. You had to talk to one another. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was funny because obviously we're, we're, you know, significantly older than you. But the fact that you were able to sit down with us for three, four hours and listen to our stories and all of the things. And no one was on their phone. There was no distraction. And we just laughed and had a good time. And it was great because that's what we did, right? You just sit down and you talk and you chop it up and... You have a great time, and um, so you kind of got an insight to what it was like, because that's what you did. Exactly, that's what you did. Yeah. You 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 sat down and you talked to your teammates, and you 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 hung out and you shared stories, and you and Dominique were from North Carolina, and you find commonality, you know, common things that you share with people. And uh, it's he been a long time. He said my hometown, they're still making moonshine. Yeah, out there, yeah, which, exactly. Which I, I mean, I knew he knew what yeah, I was exactly, talking about. Exactly, and you know what? That was fun to me because <laughs> I don't do that often and I don't know and it's kind of sad to say because mm -hmm. we're always distracted by this little device now and we sat there you know we sat there and we probably could have gone longer <laughs> yeah we yeah, we because Dominique has a lot of stories <laughs> <laughs> he's got so many stories we have to get him on the podcast to tell at least some of them at least the ones that aren't you know absolutely insane he's, but yeah. the, he's, the, he's, he's the Larry David of the NBA he's, oh, just got, he's, he's got, funny <laughs> I, I wanted, at one point I was like you were the greatest stand up comedian in the world he's like oh, no, 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 no 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 but, is, <laughs> and he's always been that way he's always had people skills 
And, um, you know, look, obviously he was a great player, and we know the human highlight film and all that. But he can hold court with the best of them. Mm -hmm. And he is one funny guy. And he's got one-liner after (laughs) one-liner after one-liner. There were so many things, so many maxims I wish I wrote down that night that I needed to keep, you know, in the chamber. We call them (laughs) (laughs) neekisms. He's 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 the best, and uh, he's he is man. He, he besides being a great player, he's a better person. He's the best, and uh, but I'm glad I'm glad you got a chance to see it. And and um, I, I told I remember I told her that I was like God. It was just, it was fun to sit down and just laugh for three hours yeah. straight. And and we mentioned like you know like you see it this weekend right or we've heard from players you know Kyrie Irving just got announced as the the vice president of the right. players association he said that he was worried about the mental health of the other players right he's worried that there's a lot of layers to this whole situation but one of those things being that if you were a rookie and you knew you were going to go on the road with your team and this and the team superstars right and MJ and a Scotty right. were going to take you out to dinner they were going to take the bill you were going to hear you know Craig Hodges tell some stories you were going to hear Horace Grant tell some stories and there's a community that forms around that and I think one of the things you mentioned in that conversation that I find very interesting is in, in the real world some of the beats of, of conversation these are things that I think about all the time which is why Larry David is a genius because conversational beats and those little moments of, of comedy are important whether it be eye contact right. the right pause the right pregnant pause whatever it may be to make you know what you're saying impact and a lot of times people look at their phones for these things or, you know what I mean or right. they're trying to find these funny videos but then you miss it in person, those mm-hmm. little things that make a moment beautiful. And having Dominique do that and speak in such a way and be such a character, you know, it was like watching a live TV show because we see the curated version of that all the time. And right. in saying all this, I wanted to ask about the all-star experience because it is the curated version of this versus the real version of this, right? For for some for lack of a better term for all this, because everything is so curated. And in Dominique's time and even in your era, it was a lot more organic just because there weren't so many hands in the pot. There weren't so many big, it wasn't such a large scale situation. So the, the thing to find now is how do we transfer that gap or how do we make that, mend that gap to get where it is Russell Westbrook sitting around with James Harden and they're holding court with each other and we're having that conversation because I don't know if that was happening. I I did not see that anywhere, mm-hmm. but I hope it is because that would be great for the game. Yeah, it, it would be. You know, you just you know, it's just a different time. You know, it's yeah. just a different it's a different era, and we gotta you know you can't hold on to what it was, but transfer know, the, the good from what it was into the well. The you would hope, but look, the truth of it is, is that. The, the level of competition, because there weren't as many teams, mm-hmm. there weren't as many players, it was just a different time, right? And and the difference is, if you didn't perform in that era, you were going to be replaced. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is, right? And, um, you know, the, the one common thread with, if you talk to all of these guys, <laughs> if, if you notice the conversation was, everyone knew that they had to perform. See, when you know you have to perform, you have to work under a certain amount of pressure. Pressure that you just don't have today, mm-hmm. right? Today is more about entertainment. This is what it is. You know, you can you could be a good player. You could average twenty five points on a bad team and still be an all star yeah. or a star in this league. Mm-hmm. Back then, you could have you average twenty five points in this team, and you were just a good player on a bad team. You know, in order to become a superstar back then, you actually had to have won games or won championships. You know, just because you led the league in scoring doesn't mean that you were a superstar. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the competition was fierce amongst the players who played the game because there was 
there was always another player. Mm-hmm. Where today, there's just so many players that now the numbers have replaced the actual performance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, if I average 20 points a game, you're a max player now. That's just what it is. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. And that's the, good for all those max players yeah, because that means it's, good it's, players it's, are getting yeah, paid max players. Absolutely. You know, and it was just it's just a different it's a different mentality. So when you understand that, you know, I don't know if you remember the part of the conversation. A true a true superstar for that era was you never ever had you never ever had a back to back bad game if you were a superstar player. Ever. Ever. So we would check to see to make sure that if we knew we were playing the Atlanta Hawks and when I was in Chicago, we wanted to make sure that Dominique had a good game the, the game before. Because if he had a bad game the night before, we knew that we had to help out whoever was guarding Dominique mm-hmm. extra because so, we knew that, that guy was going to go for 35 or 40 the next game because he, he was a true superstar. Now you have a thing now where, you know, oh, he just had an off night load management, or whatever the excuses may be to have a back-to-back bad game. A true superstar, by the definition, never takes a night off. Mm-hmm. They will find a way to impact the game and, the, and impact the outcome of the game. You don't have to shoot well. You know That's the one thing when you saw Michael or Magic or Larry, they didn't have to shoot well, but they were always going to impact the game no matter what. So... If a player like a Dominique or a James Worthy or, so, or Kevin McHale or Charles Barkley, if they had a bad game, you knew the next game. It was over. That was a 35-piece mm-hmm. coming. <laughs> that, was a, that was understood. That mm-hmm. wasn't because there was nothing you could do. Those guys yeah. were really that good. So, you know, when you see it and you hear it and you hear Dominique in his conversation, he was only Dominique because – he knew he could do that every single night. That's right, BJ. I mean, uh, I feel like I, I feel like I learned a lot from Dominique. And I think you know, for people that think this is a, a basketball talk or an NBA talk, I think the the thing that we want to put out to the world is that it's nice just to sit there, not look at your phone, make eye contact. Oh man! I mean, my favorite thing about doing podcasts, and people ask me why. Like, I mean, at first I didn't like doing podcasts, but this is one of the few places where you can't look at your phone because that would just be strange, and you have to actually have a conversation. And, right. You know, feel it out. You know, make it funny. Have some time. You yeah, know, see what and, works. and that's what that's that's really what made me interested in doing the whole podcast thing in the first place was how do you have conversations with people where you normally don't have conversations, right? Like, yeah. you know, some of my favorite things. You know, I love sports. You know, that connects me to the youth, right? That connects me to my son. If it wasn't for sports or music, he probably wouldn't even talk to me, right? <laughs> you know, but... That's the same with me and my dad. If yeah, I didn't like college basketball, I'm pretty sure he would not right, talk to Right, you me. know, but the one thing is, is how do you get an opportunity? Like, right, you've, I'm sure you've watched Dominique mm-hmm. from afar, from a lot of... For a long time. For a long time. And all of a sudden, you saw a side of him, a human side of him, mm-hmm. that you didn't, you otherwise couldn't have seen. The only thing it, I could see it, is him talking trash on a basketball yeah, court. Yeah, yeah. Which is an act. So, And I think this is a way, and, and this is, to me, this is the bridge, if you will, between this generation and the previous generation where you learn. This is how you learn, right? You're around people, and that's how I learned the business. Mm-hmm. It wasn't from, like, just watching them work out. It was like, God, the first time, hey, 
you know, I think I've shared the story with you before. The first time I met Dr. J and you know, he was like a Santa Claus figure. You know, he was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's like mean slash or something. Yeah. And all of a sudden he said hello to me. He knew my name. And then that broke down the barrier. And then I was able to like talk to him on a human level. That's what, you know, I think podcasting and, you know, what makes social media really a beautiful tool is that it can bridge the gap. So hopefully this will, will be one of those, you know, gap builders, if you will, that can bridge the gap between the old and the new and bring these guys together because that's how these young kids are going to learn, right? They're going to learn not from YouTube or in the sense that they're going to learn just imitating what they see on the court. Mm-hmm. No, sit down, let's let's come and chop it yeah, up Yeah, let me give you a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's it go used over to be you had an old head, or for people that yeah. don't know understand that term, you just had like an, an elder statesman you know, in your neighborhood who would just kind of say, look, young fellow, these are how things are going to happen, Man, and, and that's it's, what it is. It is great, and, and it, that was, I'm telling you, and, and it's crazy because I can't remember the last time I've done that. I can't remember, which is sad to say, where I've sat down for three, four hours and we just laughed. We had a good time. <laughs> there was like no tweeting or texting. And we just say, hey, the only time it. that a phone was used was Dominique to show videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Meek needs his own show. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Meek needs his own show. It was like the Arsenio Hall show at some point. I'm yeah, like, when is yeah. Meek going to bring a guest out? Because absolutely. this is getting absolutely ridiculous. Uh, before we get out of here, I did want to bring up, you, you mentioned bridging the gap, and now we'll go back to basketball. This will bridge the gap in basketball. Derek Rose, client of yours, uh, right. a guy who was a star in Chicago, youngest MVP in the NBA. Yep. Uh, when they did the montage, commented yep. this beautiful spoken word tribute, right, yep. to lead into the All Star Game about Chicago. The first player that we see shown on that right. board is Derrick Rose, and and as far as bridging the gap or, yeah. or, or with the city of Chicago, Derrick left on not the best terms. You know, we, we saw that yep. in the documentary. Yep. So to have him be the face right there in Chicago, I, I thought that was a pretty special moment. Well, you, you could see and look, you know, I, 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 I wish he was in the building. Yeah, I, I really. You know, after I saw, you know, I saw it just like everyone else, mm-hmm. you know, um, but how I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. Derek really, really has an affinity for the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, and I think both of us do because I played there and I lived there for over 25 years. I feel like I'm from Chicago in some regard because I spent my entire adult. And they treat you like you're from Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I am, you know, I, like I, I've lived there. I've, I've done some amazing things there and vice versa those people that are in Chicago fans like they're incredible to me and my family mm-hmm. and I have nothing but the utmost respect but Derek grew up there and when I say grew up there Derek is from there he was born in the city of Chicago and you know Common and all of those people but Derek in so many ways he is Chicago mm-hmm. he is you know everyone knows his story where he's from and you know, I really wish that he could have somehow played in the game mm-hmm. because I know well, how he had much, the numbers to play in the game. Yeah, and I, I know how much. Happen. Yeah, it just didn't happen, and uh, we understand. But it it, it was great, and um, you know that kid loves Chicago. That and that's you know, it was so much. It was written. It was said. But I think that's why he was able to move on because he he knows what that city is, and that city knows what he's really all about, and. Um, but I tell you what, he would have given anything to have played in that game. He would have given anything to do what he set out to do. And he wanted in the worst way to win a championship in the city of Chicago. 
And he would always ask me, you know, all the time, actually. It wasn't even, first I was going to say, you know, from time to time, but he would always ask me, what was it like to celebrate? In yeah, the city do the of parade in Chicago. And that was his only focus. And, um, you know, that was the, that was his goal. His goal wasn't to get be paid, the youngest MVP be, be the MVP or yeah. get paid or do all those things. And all those, you know, came with it. Rookie of the year. His only goal was, he said, BJ, I want to celebrate with my city and he would always ask me what was that like and um because that's what he set out to do i mean look we all know the story but you know that meant a lot and shout out to common common i thought he was incredible you know jennifer hudson mm -hmm. you know shaka khan you know i've been waiting to say that all, all podcasts by the way <laughs> Um, and all of the people from Chicago, right? Yeah. Um, it, it really had, I thought the city did a phenomenal job. It had a Chicago flair. And, you know, you saw Dwayne Wade and we saw Tim Hardaway. We saw Cappy. We saw all the people here that you, you could see the pride that people take in the city of Chicago. But that meant a lot, you know, getting back to your question for Derek to be, you know, be on that board. And, and we talked about it a little bit. And, um, you know, he's, he's very proud of the city of Chicago and he's happy for everyone that represents the city because you know where there's a certain fabric that you have to have in the city of Chicago right they, they, it builds about toughness it builds about character and um you know and I and I you know the for whatever reason they allowed me to come in and see that and they took me into that city and that's where I grew up at so I have a, a great appreciation for it and uh but the city of Chicago means a lot it means a lot to me it means a, a lot for him and you could tell it means a lot to all those people there because uh, that was a tremendous job that the city did, the NBA, to bring it there to Chicago. And uh, hopefully it doesn't have to be 30-something years again before it comes back. Absolutely. And I would say this. It meant a lot to me uh, to be in the city of Chicago and to be with you and, and to experience what it looks like and, right. and have those moments of, oh, remembering 1988 or remembering those championship moments or remembering all of these legends who are from the city of Chicago and what they've meant to the larger grand scheme of all this sort of yeah. stuff. So it, it was a beautiful scene. And yeah. if I could say anything about the All-Star game, that was beautiful. A championship parade, to say to Derek, will be even more beautiful when that day comes because I think it, it will very soon because I believe in the future of the Chicago Bulls because of one man Kobe White that was a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> sorry I, I, just got, I just got excited about Kobe is that White. a is that a <laughs> shout back to North Carolina yeah, somehow exactly, yeah exactly I love Kobe White <laughs> <laughs> okay go Tar Heels oh yeah go Tar Heels you know but uh this has been another edition of uh pushing through myself BJ Armstrong we will be back later in the week to you know keep chopping it up keep talking about all these sorts of important things and again we want to shout out Mitchell and Ness for bringing us out to Chicago yes we do shout out to Mike Midas our producer over there on the ones and twos and we will be back on Friday peace